T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back. It's Arcand and Kyrie on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. We are very focused on this game. We've been focused on every game we, we've we've played here this year and last year. So, uh, you know, like I said, these are it's kind of that time of the year when things come up and things pop up. Um, I haven't spoken to anybody in New England since probably last April. When, when when I went by and saw those guys when I was up there. So, um, you know, I wish them well in their last however many games they have left. Uh, but, you know, we're very focused on, on, on this game and, and focused on coaching this team to the best of our ability. It's the pride of Dorchester there, Billy O'Brien, offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide, as they got the Sugar Bowl coming up uh, day after tomorrow, I believe. And uh, what you heard there was him poo-pooing the idea that he's been in contact with the Patriots or that he's thinking about the Patriots or that he even knows who the Patriots are. He's, I haven't talked to anybody with the Patriots since April, which is fine, but I'm sure his agent's been talking to somebody at the Patriots uh, between April and today. Otherwise, uh, there wouldn't be so much smoke with all of this. Did you read into his comments at all, uh, Kyrie? Do you think that there's any reason why we should think he's not up for this job or doesn't want to come? I right? mean, I no. I think that... Yeah, maybe he hasn't talked to the Patriots now, um, and, and maybe he, you know, as Bill Belichick said, like he hadn't talked to the Bill Bill O'Brien in a little while. So yeah, maybe there was really no contact, but that doesn't that doesn't mean at all to me that he would not be interested in coming here. That the Patriots wouldn't want him. I just don't think those discussions have happened because if you believe some of the reports out there, it's that. These discussions weren't going to go anywhere while he was under contract with Alabama. And he kind of just had this idea, whether he communicated it directly to Nick Saban or what have you, that, look, I am playing out the string here at Alabama both years of my contract. I'm not trying to jump ship. I'm going to stay here throughout. And so from that standpoint, why would he entertain any of those discussions? But that contract is about to be up. He is about to be a coaching free agent. And so I think that that option is absolutely going to be on the table as well as others. Um, Burt Breer today in the MMQB said that both the Tennessee Titans and the Las Vegas Raiders could be potential options for O'Brien if he leaves his post at Alabama. Tennessee 30th in the NFL in yards per game. Uh, Todd Downing very likely on the hot seat. Titans uh, Vrabel is close with O'Brien. They overlapped a couple years in New England 07 and uh, 08. Uh, his understanding is also that the Raiders would have interest in O'Brien based on the relationship he had with Josh McDaniels, who was yes. the Patriots offensive coordinator during O'Brien's first two years in New England. Then Josh went off to Denver, and then I think St. Louis after that. And uh, while he was there, 
that was when uh, O'Brien took over as offensive coordinator. Right, in 2011, yep. Um, it may not be O'Brien, or it may not be New England or bust for O'Brien at Breer Road. We sort of discussed this yesterday, like, why necessarily would O'Brien want to come here? And I hadn't even really thought of the other teams in the NFL that may be interested in him, but, you know, you sort of look at it and think, yeah, there's there's some other teams out there that don't have their McVeigh disciple or their uh, right. Shanahan disciple, and they might like an old-school kind of guy who's had some success in the league and was just, you know, coaching in Alabama. Um, I think both of those could be absolutely attractive landing spots for O'Brien, not to mention the fact, does he want to come over here and be under Bill Belichick's thumb again? And I think it's interesting, right, because those are those are two kind of Belichickian connections right there. Obviously, the Josh McDaniels one is obvious because, I mean, they both coached here and, mm-hmm. and what have you. But then, you know, Tennessee, you, know, you can work for Mike, Va- Mike Vrabel, right, who's also – um, I, I have to check and see if he was on the team at that time when Bill O'Brien was here. I think he probably was. Um, and so that's another piece of familiarity. Look, we know each other. You know, you go ahead, get your legs under you in the NFL again. Easy, soft landing spot. Let's see what you can do. And, hey, if it works out, then we can turn this maybe into a head coaching opportunity for you down the line. You know, because you're, pro- you're probably going to come up in the league again if you do well at this at this position. So I, I wonder if... See, I wonder about that because with McDaniels, you got to think about that. Is McDaniels going to turn the play calling over to Bill O'Brien or is he going to keep doing it himself? Because I feel like that's part of the draw. Yeah. Right? For, for McDaniels, is that he gets to do, he gets to be, you know, Sean McVay, you know, in his own right. That he gets to call plays, be the head coach, and do all that stuff. Right. And right now he has an underling as his offensive coordinator, basically. O'Brien would be less of an underling and more of a contemporary, you know? Like, right. I think there's, and that may be what O'Brien's looking for. Maybe he doesn't want to just come be Bill's underling again. He has a more working professional relationship, maybe, with Vrabel or with McDaniels and considers them more of a peer as opposed to his boss. And maybe they look at him that way, too. And that's how he wants to be sort of looked at in his next stop, you know? Like, I could see that being a, a factor for him. Sure. Yeah, I think it's it's a matter of what the responsibilities would be, though, because right. I feel like Vrabel would definitely just be like, okay, Bill, you run, you know, Bill O'Brien run the offense. With McDaniel's, who knows? Does McDaniel's want to keep running the offense? Is he going to cede some of it to Bill O'Brien? I feel like that's a bit more of an open question, even if they're a little bit more like peer to peer relationship. With with Bill Belichick, yeah, you know, you come here and you know, quote unquote, under under Bill's thumb, and and, and you're in his shadow. But most likely, he's going to give you the offense, and he's going to be like, okay, you do your thing. That's what he did with Josh McDaniels. The offense was his, right? He sure. was the head coach of the offense. And so I think that that would – I feel like that's probably the arrangement he would have here if if he came here. Yeah. Would he keep that arrangement with Mac Jones? I'd say this. No matter where he goes, whether Bill O'Brien goes to the Titans, to the Raiders, or to the Patriots, the first thing he's probably asking when he gets there is, "So what's up with the quarterback? <laughs> like, what are yes. we, what are we doing here?" Because well, I mean, you're probably not- in Vegas at Stidham, in uh, Tennessee, who the hell knows? Josh Dobbs right now, and uh, the Patriots. It's certainly not any sure thing uh, with Mac Jones the way he's played this year. Well, no, he. I mean, he's not taking. He's probably not taking a job with a bad quarterback. Yeah. Right. Because again, that is that's a coach killer. Right, you think about that, right? That's the cushy thing about being at Alabama, right? Is that you get to work with all these really good skill players, and this right. year gets to work with Bryce Young, who is awesome. He's probably the best quarterback coming out. Don't care if he's small, what have you. He's probably the best one of the like the actual best quarterback coming out this year, and and so you get to work with that. When you're coming into the league, and we talked about it at at the top of the show. There's a lot of bad quarterback play in this league. A lot of average to bad. 
So I feel like if you're going to have, you know, the the pick and choice of your job, you're going to want to go someplace where you got the best quarterback available. I can't imagine he's just going to take a job with somebody who's terrible or somebody he doesn't have any faith in. Yeah, or maybe a place where there's no quarterback at all, like Tennessee right now. So it uh, could be something along those lines. Anyway, here to clear that up and uh, discuss more of the Patriots matchup with the Miami Dolphins, Tommy Curran, NBC Sports Boston, is brought to us by Matthew Lapresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran, one eight hundred Get Hair, also by. Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Become your own success story by dropping the weight, holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180 and by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Curran joining us here on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy, um, let's go ahead and start right with the Bill O'Brien stuff. You've been all over this from uh, basically the jump. Why would Bill O'Brien choose to come to New England if, as uh, has been reported elsewhere, uh, Vegas, Tennessee, other teams may be interested? Level of comfort, opportunity to work with people that he's comfortable with, um, proximity to family. He's obviously from this area. Uh, I think Matt Jones is a good player. I don't think he's a great player. I think he's somebody you can definitely work with. Uh, all those reasons are compelling reasons, especially the family reasons. And so with that, Tom, I mean, let's go ahead and talk about the quarterback again because there's been a bunch of discussion now with you know some of the quarterback carousel issues coming up. You know, Derek Carr would they trade Derek Carr for Mac Jones or what have you? If you're look, if you're looking at this in your Bill O'Brien, would would the would that have an impact to you? It's like, okay, are we keeping Mac Jones or are we not? Do you think he would want to specifically work with Mac Jones or is he just trying to find I don't know the, the best quarterback available to work with? No, I think that, you know, the reasons I just listed, none of those said going to find the best quarterback. So, to me, it's it's family situation. He's got, mm-hmm. uh, right now, his family's divided. He's been in Alabama. Um, his son has, uh, you know, had some pretty well-documented difficulties mm-hmm. health-wise yeah. over the course of time. And there's, a, I believe, a strong desire to, to reunite, make sure that the family unit is back in the position they need it to be in. So that's the most compelling thing. As for Mac Jones, I don't think that Bill O'Brien's going to look at Mac Jones and say, oh, my God, I can't work with that guy. I mean, it's, this is a, the most expressly one-off year that you could ever possibly imagine. He went without coaching virtually on the offensive side of the ball. So I don't, I don't know who you would have plugged in here this year yeah. with that kind of game planning and play design who would have had a better year. Tommy, uh, Bill O'Brien, if he were to come here, do you think that there would be some sort of stipulations attached to it in terms of his future beyond uh, beyond maybe what happens with Bill Belichick? I have, honestly, I could not even begin to pretend that I knew. Would that be I something know, you think he'd ask for? I can't even begin to pretend to know. Honestly, uh, Christian, I, that's like a full hypothetical. Mm-hmm. So if I say yes, then it turns into, you know, he wants – stipulations it's i just don't know so i'm going to try and be as you know speculation free because things do get repurposed quickly and he just i i could not say that he would want stipulations of anything i think if bill belichick would want continuity um in the offensive coordinator position in any of the coordinator positions it's what he prefers and i think that had a lot to do with you know the decisions made to just say, all right, well, these guys are going to be here. At least I know that. I'm not going to go beat the bushes if somebody might be here for 15 minutes. But I don't know if Bill's in a position right now to vet somebody based upon how long they're going to stay, given the way it went when he made that a big stipulation last year. 
Tom, um, you mentioned on Up and Adams today with uh, Kay Adams, who's on Clicks, Quickslands with you all the time, uh, mentioned yeah. that uh, you didn't see any scenario really where, where, where Bill Belichick is going to step down. He has no intention of doing so. We've seen a couple of people suggest that maybe the, the ending of this year or you know, the, the way things have gone this year have put his future into doubt whether he wants to leave or not. Is there any scenario to you where the last couple of games of this season could have any any long-lasting bearing on whether or not he gets to finish his career in New England? Of course. They lose 73 to nothing. All, all, all bets are off. <laughs> but again, it's, it's hypotheticals. I mean, I, I, yeah. could anything happen that would make Bill Belichick look so bad that he'd either say, I can't do this anymore? I mean, do you, do you remember how Don Shula's final game went? Well, 62 to 7 and Tom Coughlin in the playoffs. That that took care of that. Um, in we're talking yes. with uh, Tommy Curran here, NBC Sports Boston. Tommy, you sort of talked about the continuity uh, that Bill O'Brien would bring to uh, to the offense if he was brought in as OC. Is that something that you think, in your opinion, is good for this team to sort of continue with the same kind of you know Belichick coaching tree guys, or uh, maybe is this an opportunity to sort of break off and go a different direction? And is Bill would Bill be open to that? I think it makes sense to do whatever the quarterback and coordinator feel comfortable with with Bill's oversight. They tried to shelve what they had done previously to an extent. Kyrie noticed it very quickly in minicamp. And it continued, not only in terms of the wide zone runs that they hammered their head against the wall for for a majority of the summer, but also with the philosophical switch to say, let's take some more shots. And then they had to back off of that. Even though that Baltimore game, you can focus on the three picks, but the way Mac threw in that game, if you just roll the completions together, he looks friggin' good. That's the best he's looked in the NFL. And so it's there. If you can design things better, if you can get better protection for him, if you can have an offensive coordinator who orchestrates plays in a manner that's ahead of what was done this year, then I think you can go ahead with this offense. I don't think it's the offense. I think it's the coaching and the details and the game situation stuff that shines through even more. And again, maybe the offense would have sucked, but they never even got to find out because they couldn't get past the first level. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that, that trips me up because you were there too. I mean, we were seeing all of these issues that, we, that we've been seeing. We've been seeing them for months now, before the season even started, and you're just wondering why it's not getting any better. Now, we talked about the offense a lot here. Let's talk a little bit about, um, about the defense here. So this upcoming game against the Dolphins, they've lost their starting quarterback to a tongue of Iloa. The Patriots, however, have like no healthy quarterbacks or no healthy cornerbacks, I should say, mm-hmm. which is a bigger issue in your mind. The corners, because exploiting the quarterback when it's Teddy Bridgewater is different from exploiting the quarterback when it's Sam Ellinger. Teddy Bridgewater is a professional. He's had plenty of success in the league. He is absolutely not a far cry from Tua in terms of a one-off. You're not going to build your franchise around Teddy Bridgewater because of age and injury history. But talent-wise, you're not looking at this massive drop-off between the two players by any stretch. I am a big Teddy Bridgewater guy. Um, And I don't think that that, to me, is going to be a huge obstacle or impediment to them succeeding. He will be rusty, 
But that cornerback matchup, he's going to still be able to throw out to Tyree Kill with slants to Jalen Waddle, and that to me is a big deal for the banged up secondary to have to deal with. Uh, Tommy Curran joins us here on the program. Tommy, uh, just a little bit more on this uh, on this Dolphins matchup here. Obviously, this is a team that uh, Bill Belichick has had lots of trouble with. Going back to the Tom Brady days, especially these late-season games, I know they're not playing in Miami this weekend, but uh, why do you think over the last couple of years this team has been just so tough on the Patriots? Matchups, and I think Bill always lays on, you know, relies on that as his matchups. Familiarity, AFC East, um, familiarity, coaching, familiarity. Whether it's Josh Boyer or Brian Flores, that's really when it started. Brian Flores uh, got his head handed to him, forty-three to nothing, at the beginning of the twenty nineteen season. They won on the Miami Miracle later that year, and since then, I might be mistaken. I don't know if the Patriots have beat them. It's not five straight, is it? No, they beat them once. Four straight. Four straight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think there's so much familiarity with. Boyer, with Flores, with Terry Shaplinski was down there, I believe, as well. So um, there's that familiarity that I think plays into it and the weather and just the talent on the field. You know, if you look at what the Patriots tried to do defensively this year, personnel-wise, a lot of it was to address what Buffalo was doing. But if they didn't think Miami was already its equal or superior – they should have, and, and all of the things they did trying to get faster does address what Miami brings just as much as Buffalo. Last one for me, Tom. Um, I love Ramondre Stevenson. Most of us love Ramondre Stevenson. These last couple of games have been have been tough, not necessarily from a number standpoint against the Raiders, but the way things have ended with the lateral and then and then the fumble. I get how how much has this ending of the season kind of changed perception about where he is as a player and perhaps brought up concerns about, man, I mean, he's he's one of your best players, but, I mean, can you count on him at the ends of these games? I'll take a guy like Jalen Brown, who would drive me absolutely berserk for about the first, however long until this year. I would pound my head on the coffee table and say, when will it stop? When will he stop leaving his feet, dribbling off his knee, trying to go through three people and playing my turn offense? And little by little, percentage after percentage, he's eliminated it. So that now when he falls down going backwards up the court, it's the outlier. The basic point I'm trying to make is talented players who try hard are going to get better. And that's what's going to happen with Stevenson. Those were wholly preventable mistakes. I mean, he kind of should have gone down. The flip over the head is obviously the dumbest thing anybody's ever seen, compounded by what Myers did. But I I would have no reservations at all about saying, Ramondre Stevenson's the running back here. We feel good about it. All right, we'll leave it right there then. Tommy Curran, thanks so much for the time today. Always good to talk with you. All right. Happy New Year, boys. You too. Thank you so much, Tommy. Tommy Curran, NBC Sports Boston there uh, joining the program. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. I see uh, calls lined up. We'll get to you right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.